наши руки, мы в поисках больших денег, мы в деле круглые сутки, благослови So to bake that radio show, I am your host Andreas, and I have a lovely guest coming via Zoom, Miss Carrie Ann Powell, who is a global business strategist, speaker, and champion of small and medium-sized businesses. Thank you, ma'am, for coming on. Hey, Andreas, how are you doing? It's good to be here. You know what? What is today? Today's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. I've been saying that all week. What's today? <laughs> you know, I need an entrepreneur. Hey, what's today? I don't know. You know every day is a work day, pretty much. Every day is a work day. <laughs> <laughs> the life of the entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, so I was uh, sitting reading through your bio. Very yeah. impressive. Um, I love the fact that you uh, you raised $120 million to build a Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial. Yes. Have you been to the one in Washington? Okay, so we passed through Washington. We took a family trip one time. We like passed through the uh, saw the White House. We didn't go in or anything like that. We just, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Well, the uh, next time you have a chance to take some time off with your family, you know, make a trip to the nation's capital. I, mean, <laughs> I also know that they opened up the what was it, uh, African American Museum there. Yes, yes, it's fantastic. Quite yeah. amazing. You got to give yourself a lot of time to go through it because literally, it's like. The bottom floor, the bottom couple floors, it took me like four hours. So it's a thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's an it's an excellent, excellent museum. That's what's up. So um let's uh let's see, you have a 20-year experience um as a Washington, DC attorney, lobbyist, and fundraiser. Mm -hmm. uh, so what got you? Okay, so when how do you uh, transfer those skills over to, you know, being an entrepreneur? Let's, let's dive into that real quick. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, so, the, you know, my business, we do uh, strategy, um, mm -hmm. strategy development and consulting for small and medium-sized companies. And in my whole career, that's all I've really been doing is primarily <laughs> developing strong strategies, finding a way to execute them and executing them well. Yeah. So when I was finished building the Martin Luther King Memorial, you know, they asked me to stay on board to lead the um, the transition into a uh, an education foundation. So that's what they there there is right now. It's an education foundation. There's a lot of educational stuff connected to the memorial. And once that was done, you know, obviously I had opportunities to do a lot of different things, continue to go back to fundraising, blah, blah, blah. 
But what I real so I you know did it. So this business actually have various iterations of what it eventually became. But you know I spent a lot of time you know working with uh, boards of directors of large um, NGOs around the country and the world around strategy development for their fundraising um, plans. And mm-hmm. as I was doing this, I realized that what really geeked me out was really helping people develop strong strategies and execution plans. Okay. Because let me tell you what, 67% of, of companies, not just small businesses, but 67% of, of companies and organizations, they have an a strategy and it's really fantastic, but they fail to execute it because of, you know, they don't have a good execution process. So it's not just creating strategy. It's also how you're going to execute. So that's how I evolved into, into, into running my business. You know, I had 20 years of strategy development and, uh, you know, leading good, uh, leading strong teams and, and leading big projects and eventually moved to helping others to do the same. So why I like dive into the small business and medium sized businesses, because one, um, I, uh, I have marketing, uh, company that I started a couple of years ago, one yeah. because of the platform. Um, so I've had this platform since 2016. Yeah. But as I kept talking, I'm talking about real small businesses. They're not doing no more than maybe about a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. If they're trying to get to that, yeah, um, overlooked uh, market. Um, but I know why it's overlooked because of the limited resources. So yes. why you know apply your talents to those type of businesses? Well, so, you know, obviously the category of small and medium-sized companies, to be mm-hmm. honest, is, it's, it's probably not fair because it, no. it, it, it's pretty wide, um, yeah, wide, wide berth. Um, but I would say, you know, some of the companies that I work with, most of them are probably around 50 employees and below. Mm-hmm. And, but so, so if for folks to be able to really get value from the firm, from my firm, they really do need to have already created some amount of, uh, a, of a uh, uh, infrastructure, mm-hmm. um, not sort of startups, you know, uh, stage, but they've done some things that allows for them to be able to know what they don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes people, they start a business and they are all googly, googly eyes and they're excited and they mm-hmm. kind of, you know, they, they go to somebody's workshop and they kind of do a thing and they're on their way. But then there's this point where you realize I've done all they can do. And I'm realizing I'm experiencing chaos in the business. And usually these chaotic things show up when either because of cash flow mm-hmm. or they have they can't scale or they can't build a team very well or the owner is wearing too many hats and they just feel like if they walk into the business it's going to implode. But one of the reasons why I really think it's important um, to work with small and medium-sized companies. So I say that just to sort of give an, a sense of when people think small, they think of one person doing a thing, right? But, you know, yeah. there are small businesses that are um, smaller teams. Now, the reason why I focus on small and medium-sized, one, because, you know, I just, I really think the role, like when you start thinking about local communities, okay, um, who are the people, who are the businesses that are supporting the tax, the tax, the tax code, right? Who are the folks that are really putting in the money to build the infrastructure of those communities? They are small and medium-sized companies who support in Little League, small and medium-sized companies. Um, two-thirds of people in the United States work for a small and medium-sized company. In other parts of the world, it's actually a higher number. When you start looking at, um, so, so it's, it, the, the role that small and medium-sized companies play in our local communities, in our uh, economy, 
um, when you start thinking about economic growth in our nation, our GDP, where is that going to come from? It's going to come from a small and medium-sized company because they're the ones that can increase um, the gap between what already is in terms of goods and services versus going higher. So I'm really about, I'm passionate about helping owners who are about building companies that they want to scale, that they want to build, that want to last and have legacy. Not like a, you know, a side hustle, which I'm not knocking on the side hustle, but that's not kind of how I, I don't really like to work with those type of companies. I'm working mm -hmm. with companies who are trying to build something mm -hmm. that can last and mm -hmm. can last in a way that impacts their local communities and in, in, impacts our GDP and frankly, the GDP of the world. I mean, you know, the growth of the world economically. So what are you seeing as far as a common thread? So when you go into these businesses and like you said, 50 employees or more, I imagine like, you know, they're doing like, you know, 10 million annually or something like that. Just yeah, little, yeah, somewhere, yeah, within the range. I uh, get over those humps. What are you seeing as like the common factors that they're all pretty much, you know, are falling into that category? Well, so some of the challenges that I've seen with, with small and medium-sized companies is that they're, they're the owners are still working in the company. Mm. In a, so depending upon, so of course, I've got companies whose employees are, you know, they have five employees. Okay. So it's just anywhere from five to 50, anywhere. It's big range, but it, you know, mm -hmm. so you've got, uh, but most of the companies that I work with, the owner is still working in the company. Mm -hmm. And different in a different role, obviously, folks that are early days, they're still like being an individual contributor in the company. So we're trying to help them stop getting stop working in the business. But so let's say they're in, but they are somehow working in the business. So the ethos of the company, the values, the the strategic direction of the company is still dependent upon the vision of the owner. Even if the owner has transitioned into sort of being a board member, a board of director, a chairman of the board, and they have a CEO, it's still very much connected to the vision of the owner, which means that oftentimes there's a need to translate that vision and have it permeated throughout the company. Mm -hmm. um, and making sure that, you know, even if, even if, you know, someone's listening to this and they're like, well, Hey, I only got like five employees, you know, we all talk all day. We all know the values. The thing is when you start scaling and scaling big, you, you sometimes lose sight of those values. You sometimes lose sight of the things that make your company a thing mm -hmm. and you, it, it waters things down. And you've seen this. I'm sure you know this, Andreas, you see a company that was like the best, at the thing and then they started growing and all of a sudden you, you're, you're like, I don't even really like the brand anymore. What oh. you want to so see, what you really want to do is perpetually infuse into the company, the values, the mission, what the true purpose is, you know, so in our company, the what we do is we're in the business of helping businesses thrive. That's what we do. It's distilled and simple. It's not like a big you know, we've got a whole, you know, mission statement, blah, blah, blah. But that's what it is. If you can stick with that and get that in, soaked in to everyone in the organization and for you, the owner, to remember that so that you don't get distracted when other things pop up, other, you know, what do they call them? Uh, you know, uh, squirrels that, you know, silver squirrels. You're like, oh, I want to do that. You know what I mean? So it keeps you focused. The other real thing is um, developing teams in a way that, um it's not 
you're not hiring based on personality or hiring based on what you need in the company. So what mm -hmm. happens is early days in a small business, they're like, oh, you know, cousin Susie knows how to do social media. So we're going to bring cousin Susie in on here and uncle so-and-so is good. And that's fantastic at the end of the beginning days, because right at those points, you're just trying to. But the reality is at some point real early in the business, mm -hmm. one has to start thinking about, OK, based on the vision I have for the company, what and what what is the org chart look like? Build the org chart early days, even if you don't have, even if, even if you're the only one in the org chart, you know, even if your name is in there, but you want to make sure that it's, you are building an org chart that is based on what the needs of the company is, the type of personality that needs to be in that position, the, um, what kind of qualifications the role needs to have, what does it actually take to do that job? Mm -hmm. And begin to hire from the bottom up. So, mm -hmm. you know, basically putting yourself and cousin Susie at a job, uh, out of a job so that you can continue to build up. And, and so that's really, I think, one of the main problems that happens is either they're not building their team very well, they're doing it hodgepodge, or they don't have a really clear vision of how they're going to build the team, what who they need, what qualifications they need, and don't just put people in there because you know you know them. So how receptive are they when your business approaches or however that interaction is? Because I'm sure you do like a business assessment where you'll go yes. and learn yes. get all this great information and present it in this particular, you know, documented stuff. I'm like, hey, you need to work on blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, someone built a business, they have five employees. So let's say they're doing $5 million annual or whatever. So they know that they built something from the ground up. And that has value, that experience. But then, like you said, when you're trying to scale, you have to look at things differently. You have to come up with a new mentality and mindset of mm -hmm. how you go forward. Um, how are they receptive to that information? Well, you know what, Andreas? Um, <laughs> people respond. Human nature is an interesting thing, right? <laughs> uh -huh. People, but people, people. People respond to like if they have a pain, people are going to respond more to pain and to, to pleasure. Mm -hmm. So normally if they come to me, there is a serious pain point. There, there's something that's that's really causing pain, not just pain in the business, but pain to the owner, the mm -hmm. founder, or the leaders in the company. Mm -hmm. And so they're way more receptive when you have pain happening and I'm like okay here's what I see happening because they realize they can't do it on their own mm -hmm. and so they're way they're way more receptive that's why I'm always able to test to see well whether or not do we want to work with this company or not whether or not they're able to you know be able to be coached are they coachable can are can they receive what we're saying but but to your point you know people have egos you know people are human and and you know that's a reality but what I'm, but my whole point is, you can continue doing things the way that you're doing, wasting money and 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 having and losing cash. But let me tell you, those four things I mentioned, they actually are also the the, the four things of of chaos. They're mm -hmm. also the number one reasons, the top four reasons why businesses fail, like go out of business. Mm -hmm. So this is not something where you'd be like, oh well, you know, I've been dealing with this forever, I'll be okay to deal with it. No, you're gonna lose your business if you continue to let it go that way. And I think that's the most important thing for people to understand is that when you start looking at it, we all know the statistics, okay? Over a 10-year period, only 30% of businesses will survive. 
over a 10 year period. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, 70% failure rate. So you have a responsibility, not just to yourself and to your family, to your employees and their families, to your customers, as well as all the other stakeholders that this business gains value to, for you to be able to do what you need to do to make sure the business doesn't fail. And so if you've got an ego problem, that's cool. You can go ahead and do what you need to do. And, and then let's get to work. Yeah. So uh, how uh, old is your business? Um, We've mm-hmm. been around since uh, 2014. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're about to hit that 10-year mark. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Um, so when you first got out there, in, was this your first business venture? As far yes. as like- well, well, yes, full time and such. So I, you know, it had a couple of things like when I was doing what I was, uh, you know, when I was uh, fundraising for the memorial, as well as when I was an attorney and lobbyist, I did have a, a business um, where I was doing retreats, but that was uh, doing retreats for other, for other women in leadership and that was not, you know, I sort of did it as a as a side hustle, if you call it. But it was a way that I was able to do these events as a way to, you know, bring my gifts to the world mm-hmm. um, and um, but have an entity that was funneling the money through. So that was not really a full time thing. However, um, when we eventually when I went full time into this business, um, mm-hmm. that, yeah, it was my first my first uh, foray into full time running the business. And it's no joke, Andreas, it will definitely, you know, it, you know, I always talk about running a business as it's a really great tool to mm-hmm. sort of see what you're made of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you're like, oh, I thought I, I thought I was tough, but okay. Which goes back to the importance of having a strong mindset and, and, and really creating that those systems and processes in place that can run your business well, but also that run you well. Okay. Because if you don't have a way to, to, to buttress up your mindset, I don't know, it's difficult to, to run a business, even though you know all the strategy and techniques, when you start getting to that point, when you're looking at the cash flow in the business and you're like, how am I going to pay my payroll? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets you, it can hit you. Yeah. It, payroll. Oh my God. It eats up so much. Um, how did you pick the name? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, I um, so you know uh, the the Battle of Trafalgar, um, mm-hmm. it's a battle between the British and in Spain and Italy, and um, you know, it kind of has this sort of you know uh, story around being sort of like an underdog and 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 coming up, you know, so, um, succeeding above all kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. I really love that sort of those types of stories. And when I was trying to decide. Um, what if I was going to stay in the business? Because the original iteration of this of my business was um, <clears throat> primarily working with large NGOs okay. doing strategy, and then as I was moving that moving this forward, um, you know, I, I took some time. I took some time, and I said, you know what, I need to uh, I need to assess if I really want to continue. The business was growing in that direction. I was bringing on a team, but I just felt like you know what, my days of fundraising per se were were behind me and I was no longer excited about the way the business was going, the direction. And I saw myself building this thing that I didn't really want. I don't know if uh, if anyone's listening, sometimes you start building a business you think you want and then you realize, wait a minute, this is not what I want. So I took some time to pause and um, moved to, to Europe. And 
I was in London and they have the big square, Trafalgar Square, right in the middle of, 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 of the, um, of the cent center, central London. And I was standing there at night and they have these like lions that are kind of like right there. And I, it was at the same time that I was sort of processing, okay, what direction do I want to take the business and how do I want to re you know, reinvent it so that it makes sense for me at the stage of life that I, that I was at that time. And, um, and I was like, Trafalgar Square. And I finally came to me in that time when I was standing in the square that I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to really serve small business owners um, more exclusively and really start helping. And then as opposed to sort of focusing only on large NGOs. And that was really, I was in that square and I loved the, I love sort of the story of the, the Battle of Trafalgar. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to name my business this. So it was really more... Um, I don't know. The word is a, a bit touchy feely, but in the same sense, it, it is inspiring for me. Um, so I went for it. <laughs> so in the early days of uh, Trafalgar, correctly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Trafalgar strategies. Yes. <laughs> strategies. Um, when you was like, you know, getting it off the ground, things of that nature. Yeah. When did you have your first like, you know, moment? Because you know, applying strategies. Um. And working with you know bigger companies and being under someone else's payroll is a little different than when you know you're responsible for bringing huh. in. The money. Oh yeah, it is, Andreas. <laughs> so when did you have that pivotal moment? It was like, okay, yeah, I can like really do this, and where that confidence, you know, sort in. Was it like a big contract that you had landed? Um, or yeah, well, okay, this is again. I, I really I like try to keep it real for people because I I think sometimes people have this you know, vision of how things are going to be. And, you mm -hmm. know, when it doesn't line up that way, they kind of feel a bit of a way. Um, <clears throat> it was a, um, when I, when I decided to go full-time into the business, that was a, a spiritual moment for me. Uh, I'm a Christian and I've been praying about it, but I'm also very, I wouldn't say I'm logical per se, but um, I, I did at that point want to have some things in place before I went full-time into the business. And mm -hmm. I had been home cause I was um, sick. I had a health uh, issue. So I was at home um, by myself. Well, not by myself, but you know, for a long period of time, about two, three weeks. Um, and um, you know, I'd had family coming in, checking in on me, cooking me meals, blah, blah, blah. And then my, I, there was like a couple days where I was going to be home by myself without anyone coming. So like I had, my brother was going to be coming one day. So it was like two, three days where I was at my, in my, in my, in my um, condo. And I was like, I think I need to go. Like I, I'd felt sort of the tingling, you know, in my mind or in, for me, it was, you know, conversation with God, but however one communicates, that's it. And I, I was like, yeah, so I'm not ready for that. Like, you know, I kind of put on like all the things that needed to happen before me, to, before I did that. And when I, and, 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 and not like, you know, how much money I needed to have and all that kind of stuff. And when I extrapolated it out, I was like, you know, it was going to be till like, you know, another year before I did that. And that was, and I was perfectly fine with that, to be honest, mm -hmm. um, because I could have, you know, stretched out the whole thing I was doing on my job for a bit. Anyway, um, but there was a moment, a friend of mine came to my home and she was just visiting with me and, you know, we're just, you know, chit-chatting and, you know, talking about, you know, 
got, you know, not gossiping, but just catching up on what's going on with all of our friends and such. So we just had this whole like 30 minutes where we were just sort of doing light talk and stuff. You know, she was just keeping me company. And then she said, you know, Carrie Ann, there's this song that um, they played at, at my church the other day that really um, has been staying with me. And I just want to share the song with you. And I said, okay, you know, I had not told anyone that I was thinking about going full-time into the business. So, mm-hmm. and she plays the song, that song Oceans by Hillsong. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're if you're in the Christian faith, but there's a song called Oceans. It was very, very popular back then, you know? And it's just talking about walking on the water and being having the faith to walk on the water with God. And when that song, when she played that song, and she was, and it had like it's like an extended version, you know, like the concert version when it's like, like seven minutes long, you know. And I'm listening to that song, and at that moment in time, at that moment in time. It was like, that was the moment when I knew that this was a, a message for me that I'm going to do. So I had been having this conversation with God for several days. And I was like, Mm-mm, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it like a year from now. And at that moment, it was like, I am doing this and it's going to be successful. Like I had that, that moment where I was confident about it. It wasn't a question. So as soon as the song was finished, I looked at her and I said, I'm going into business I'm going into business full time. And she's like, uh, what? I said, I'm going into business full time. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I guess you are. And she had no like doubts. Are you sure? Blah, blah, blah. Because she was in the same space, the same energy field that I was. And she was getting it. She was hearing it too. And so that was one moment. And there's been, there were many, 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 many moments of signs where I was well, okay, how are we going to do this? You know, we're going to do the money part and how are we going to, you know, do this? And there are moments, it's those incremental moments where mm-hmm. something happens and I'm sure, and, and you're, you're reminded that this is a good decision. It's not like one big thing, like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. And this it's, it's great, you know, because to be honest with you, my first big contract, Andreas, and I tell this story a lot when I talk about how to scale and grow your business. My first big contract, which I thought was cool, I got it was like a, a year after, like a year after going full time in the business. And I remember um, thinking it was time for me to scale because I had gotten a couple really, you know, I was feeling, feeling myself because I had gotten some good, <laughs> good contracts. I was like, I want a big one because I want to mm-hmm. scale. I don't, at that time, that I didn't even know what the scaling growth was. Okay. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to scale. So I signed this big contract with this um, organization. I was ready to go. And it was the worst year of my entire life. I honestly woke up every night pulling my hair out, trying to figure out how we're going to be able to hit the contract, hit the, um, um, my team was hating me. I was hating myself. The person who referred me was hating me. I mean, I was just, I was in such a bad, it was a failure of a, of a contract. And it took me a little while to get out of that feeling of, Maybe I'm not the kind of company that does scale. Maybe I'm not the kind of company that can, you know, do the thing that build a business that's like, you know, multiples and all that stuff. Maybe I'm going to always be small. And I had to pull myself back up. I mean, I allowed myself to sulk a bit, I must admit, but I had to pull myself back up, reorganize my life and, and the business and sort of fix what things that I had made a mess of and 
And I, then I began to realize that the reason why this whole thing happened, besides the fact that I'd you know, been a bit egoistic, egotistical, but was that because did you know two thirds of businesses, two thirds of businesses that hit the Inc. 500 mm-hmm. or the Inc. 5000 list fail within eight years after hitting that list? Mm-hmm. So clearly people are not scaling sustainably. They're scaling sexy ways, but not sustainably. They're like, oh, look, 10X, this, blah, blah, blah. I'm on Inc. 5,000. But they're not sustained. They're not scaling sustainably. So for me, there is no real time when I was like, yeah, I got it in the bag. And every day, every single day, I work as if whatever successes I had yesterday didn't exist. I pretend that I'm still scrappy. I, I am still scrappy. I'm, I'm a small business. I'm growing. So I'm like, I'm still scrappy. I'm still trying to make it work. Because I think when you start like resting on your laurels a bit, that's mm-hmm. when the, the 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 hunger within dies. And then you just you just stay. And then there's a there's an arc of of the stages of business. And what you always want to do is, so like this is the you know, baby stage and then this is the death stage. You want to always stay at this stage right here. You don't want to go over the, you want to stay at prime as they say. And to stay at prime, you always got to be hungry. You always got to believe that there's a new thing that you need to do. You need to always be innovating, always be optimizing. That is the uh, first time I've heard that since college. I will. <laughs> I forgot about the business stages, um, and the, the you know the birth stage, the death stage, and then like hitting it right there, right before climax, because like you said, you you start to go over, and then you go downhill from there, <laughs> and you don't even know you're going downhill, right? Because it's one uh, of those things. You, the 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 evidence of uh, the evidence of the fact that you're downhill. If you can see that you're going downhill, I mean the same thing. All those companies that that die, right? If you see that they're going downhill, it's it's that means that whatever happened before then mm-hmm. is far behind. I mean, you can't look, you can, you know, you've seen stories of companies that have reinvigorated themselves and such like that, but it's real difficult. Yeah, I think Apple is like one of them. Well, Apple's like the only one that we all use. <laughs> we all use that yeah, example. I think it was like right after they had those uh, that. Uh, rollout of those uh color computers and stuff that they had yes that was those, when they yes mm-hmm. yes then, you know uh, that right I uh basically saved them and then being exclusive with the music with the itunes and all that yes. or whatever and right and then it, it finally it finally went back uh-huh. it's finally <laughs> back. um so you have a nine-year company history right you started off doing certain jobs as the uh founder ceo Mm-hmm. What are you, how have you transitioned? So what are you doing now with your business or your responsibilities for it that you're, uh, what, that you were doing then, but you're not doing those? That's, that's a really good question. I think right now, um, I find myself, you know, I, I still do, I still do work in the business. So that's that, you know, I still do, um, do some client, do client fulfillment, um, and such, even though, you know, obviously, um, that's actually we're actually um, getting ready to transition that out. But what I what I have been what I have noticed the change has been for me as we've been moving forward and evolving is that I am spending a lot more time um, being being able to drive the strategic direction of the company more. 
Um, and, and I, I like, sometimes, sometimes I find myself, like, I look at the calendar, I'm like, shouldn't I be doing <laughs> something like, you know, cause you, know, when you're working in the business, you're constantly busy, right? Like when you're working in the business all the time, um, as you begin to sort of transition out, you're like, oh, I have more time to, to do some things. And, um, so I find myself, um, my time is spent speaking a lot. Um, um, at conferences and and sort of creating the visibility of the company. Um, obviously, I do a great deal of podcast interviews, mm-hmm. and um, just always sort of thinking about the strategic direction of the company and being able to make sure the team is really you know understanding that and they have the tools they need to be able to do the thing. I was talking. <laughs> I had a, a staff meeting this morning, and, and and look, and the thing is, I I have a, I know what needs to happen, but you know what a doctor is the worst patient or worst patient. So I remember like there was like something that, that something that was happening in the business. And I normally like to kind of, you know, look at it before it goes out or something like that. <laughs> and one of my, my, my employees today said, well, Carrie Ann, so we've all decided, um, you know, him and, and, and someone else that works on that particular part, like, we're not going to be asking for permission on this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I sat there, I was like, a part of me, a little forward was like, oh, well, I know you didn't just tell me. <laughs> but I was but like ex- exactly in a position for though because they're invested in and exactly they vision. and like I've told like a lot of different business owners um as you start to bring people into the organization mm-hmm. they want to feel valued they want their ideas to be heard they want yes. to contribute so you know like you said it's like you know the ego thing we gotta get out our own way and be like yeah. you know see what it's yeah, saying no, totally and the thing is when he said that, it was like, you know, you're kind of like outside of yourself, seeing yourself. Mm-hmm. I know this is what I teach. This is what I preach. This is like the gospel for me. But mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, you know, I was still mm-hmm. hanging on to this thing. And he was like, so we're not, we're, we're just not, we're not going, we're not, we're not, this is not, we're not running this by you at all. So I was like, I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a growth moment, you know? So, um, but, but, you know, I was talking to someone and they were sort of talking about, you know, I'm, I don't know if you, if, you know, if you have any, um, any women in your life, but w- there's a show called Outlander that a lot of women really like. It's a historical show. It's sort of, it's originally based out of Scotland, but now the, the folks have like, there's like time travelers. They've moved to the United States in like, you know, the 1700s. So right now they're at a point where they're having the revolutionary war, the beginning stages of a revolutionary war. And, um, and, you know, I was looking at the warfare at that time and how the the generals and the and the the captains and the lieutenants and the troops sort of interacted. And what I noticed, I'm like, it's so different than warfare today, okay? Um, but what I noticed was, you know, the generals were all were not on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. They were always farther away on some hill looking down so that they could see what's going on. And be able to send to the leaders that are on the field, the, the the captains, and say, hey, you know, go left, go right, you know, retreat, do a thing, whatever. And um, it 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 reminded me of the role that that founders and owners need to be playing in their businesses. There are there there are many things that we can delegate out. But the one thing we can't delegate out is the strategic direction of the company. Mm-hmm. And so if you can sort of imagine yourself, the general, you know, on the hill, you're 
being able to see because you have a better vantage point. But if you are, if, if I'm busy, 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 busy doing the thing in the business, then I don't have the time or the capacity or the bandwidth or even the strategic position to be able to see what's happening. And so you ask the question about what am I doing now? It's really more being able to see, okay, strategically, if we want to get to the, we have, we have big goals, right? We want to grow big. And so for us to get there, what do we really need? What do I need to be doing? I definitely love that. So is there anything that uh, you haven't touched on that you want to touch on? Yeah, no, no. I, I think I think you've had some really great questions, Andreas. <laughs> See, I've been doing it like seven years now, so, you know. I love it. No, I totally love it. <laughs> business and everything, because I could definitely relate, especially with all the different things that I do. Yeah. Um, so for, uh, I guess, anyone out there who's going to, you know, watch this, because, uh, like, I am putting the video side out there as well, but the audio will be, too. Where can people uh, contact to get in contact? What do people need to go to get in contact with your business um, if they're at that point to where they need to hire? Yeah, absolutely. So our, our website's trafalgarstrategies.co. And um, if you're trying to figure out, you know, I don't know if you're, if you're I have a particular a PDF that I, that I created on our website that allows for people to be able to kind of figure out, Okay, if I'm having some chaos in the business, what does that look like and why is it showing up? Because my 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 posture is just the four things I mentioned are really just symptoms of chaos. They're not the actual core problems. So you kind of have to first identify one of the core problems. And I think there may I think there's eight core problems. That's what we teach in the company. And um, so if you are interested in kind of learning more and digging a bit deeper into whether or not assessing your core, your, your problems and seeing what they might be in your particular business based on the chaotic, the chaos that's showing up, you can, uh, you can download it at, um, at nobusinesschaos.com. It's nobusinesschaos.com. And um, yeah, and I'm on LinkedIn. So, you know, if you're part of the crew, Andreas's crew, hit me up, say, Hey, I'm human. One last thing strategies that you help implement and the assessment that you do yeah is there any part of that that smaller startups or like you know during their first couple of years or so can be able to utilize those tools is there any information yeah that definitely one of the things that um that um we've been thinking about doing is um adding on to the website sort of like a some sort of an assessment tool that folks can use we haven't quite done that yet but it's in the works um, but for sure, you know, truth be told, you know, if, if, if the book that the book that I talked about, the PDF that I, that I did, that's really a great tool to just begin to sort of tickle your mind because the reality is look, business owners are savvy and we smart and we know what we're doing. It's just that sometimes we have blind spots or I often say we're, you know, the fish doesn't always see the water. So, um, in that book, I really do outline what are some, and it's, 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 it's a quick, easy read, but it's, it's, I outline the, the top eight things, the real eight core problems that I see are fun, fundamental. And the reasons why I, the book is called the eight true culprits that are causing chaos in your business. I think that particular uh, uh, book really does allow for you to like just read quick through and be like, oh, that's what it is. That right there is what's causing the problems. And once you identify them, obviously 
once you identify them, how to fix them, you know, you, you know, you might be able to sort of quickly say, okay, this is what's going on. I'll do a quick fix. Um, if not, you know, definitely you can reach out to us and, you know, we happen to have a conversation and say, yeah, that's the problem, but that quick fix isn't going to happen. You know, maybe consider doing this. But the, the point is though, this, that book really does help you kind of open, you know, sort of like if you can't see the water, but it might be able to be like a light under there. It says, that's the direction you need to be going into. So that would really be helpful. I think, I think definitely. Well, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, thank you for your time and, you know, dropping all these fantastic jewels and this knowledge um, <laughs> and also being an advocate for small and medium-sized businesses or, you know, of that caliber because they need, you know what I'm saying, services too. Because yes. they their own stuff. Yes. Uh, yes. And you know, I always say, Andreas, just because, you know, I like to think of our I like to think of us like we're like the McKenzie for small and medium-sized companies. Because the reality is, um, I think I think any small and medium-sized company can can compete with the big dogs. You I think that I don't think it I don't think it's because a company's larger doesn't mean that they can com- they can compete more than you in terms of providing service. And frankly, to be honest, small and medium-sized companies have the capacity to provide better service because you know they are able to the the they're able to have more high, more touch. Right. Um, and they're able to pivot more. Um, mm-hmm. but, but if you are dealing with some, some, some chaos in the business, you can't even compete because you've got this pebble in the shoe and you keep walking on it. And no matter how much the shoe is custom made for you, if there's a pebble in it, you can't, you can't fix it. So the whole point that I, that we, what we, what we evangelize is that, you know, if if you're you know running a business can sometimes feel like running a tor- uh, you know trying to manage a crazy chaotic tornado. What we say is you can run your business smoothly. So we help owners really recognize they can run their business smoothly. It can thrive, and they can thrive as well. Because even if you have a great business and you're all haggard and stuff like that, that don't make no sense either. Because <laughs> you're not enjoying life. So. Oh, ma'am, thank you for your time. You're welcome, uh, Andreas. I definitely I'll uh send you the reels and stuff when I create them. If you want to post them and things of that nature. Yeah, for sure. We love to we love to promote um our our talks. We usually spend a good week promoting, so we appreciate that. Uh, I definitely uh look forward to like you know a follow-up interview, you know, seeing where you are, you know, in the future. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> And definitely, if I'm down in the Georgia area, I should, you know, figure up Macon, Macon's north or south of Atlanta. I can't remember. It, geography. It is, uh, it's an hour and a half south of Atlanta. South of Atlanta. Right. Yeah, okay. Like, most of the time, I'm all over the state. I, like, I go all over the place and interview business owners and artists. I actually started with artists. Um, that's you started I, what? I started with artists. Oh, really? Is that, is, uh, are, you, are you from the creative world? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I understand them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. And so and, and Georgia has a has a great deal of artistic uh folks there. Mm-hmm. Georgia has a lot of artistic folks there. Mm-hmm. They do. So yeah. So yeah, that's where I started, you know, and I just transitioned and now I still have artists that come on and things of that nature, especially ones who uh are really talented but don't necessarily get the look. Yeah. I come in and that's yeah. why I like I started the platform, but Thank you for your time, man. I'm going to let you get back to your schedule. I know you got a busy schedule, things of that nature. (laughs) Um, So you go out there, you keep being great. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.
сегодня завтра, не важно как я Благослови моих братьев, благослови наши руки, мы в